Hey, welcome to Grace and Peace Church Online. I'm Carissa, the Associate Pastor, and today we are continuing our study through James. And to catch everyone up, I'll say that for the past few weeks, we have been experiencing a study in contrasts. A few subjects we've looked at are these, showing favoritism, choosing the rich man or the poor man, evidencing faith, proclamation or deeds, and taming the tongue, salt water or fresh. Now, if you missed any of these sermons online or on the lawn, you can find them most easily by subscribing to our YouTube channel, or you can buy me a large Dr. Pepper with extra ice, and I'll give you the short version at a picnic table somewhere. But in any case, a quick review or spoilers is this. Don't show favoritism. Faith without deeds is dead. And the tongue is a world of evil among the body parts. So filter that thing. So you see the trend. James seems to be a big fan of dichotomy. He sets up all these contrasts, presenting situations and con consequences to believers who are free to choose their own path and its likely outcome. We are free, yes, but it's also clear for a true follower of Christ only one of the alternatives is acceptable and in keeping with the model that Jesus sets before us. Only one choice is wise according to the ways of God. Only one option is both pleasing to the Lord and good for humanity. Which brings us very nicely to today's portion of James and to this next contrast. Wisdom. Informed by the world below or formed by God above. So let's get to this brief section in James chapter 3, and then we'll dig into it. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by good deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Okay, here we go. Remember that James is a New Testament text, and it's written from the perspective of Jesus' brother in the context of first century Judaism, which in turn was informed by Torah and history and the wisdom writings of ancient Israel. So when James speaks about wisdom, we want to consider his sources and apply what he knew to our understanding. To begin talking about wisdom literature in the Bible, we want to know that the books being referred to are Proverbs, Job, and Ecclesiastes. And we should also understand that those books all address human dilemmas, and they seek to answer the question of how humans might live well in the world. We also want to keep in mind that even though the texts are ancient, their collective content is as applicable now as it was in ancient times because godly wisdom is timeless. Today we can and should still hear biblical wisdom with the intent of applying those old themes to our modern circumstances. James did that in his day, 
we can in ours. For that, I want to focus on Proverbs. Proverbs is a collection of writings from King Solomon and others, and they're found in the Old Testament. And Proverbs are these wise sayings, which are not promises, but are better thought of as probabilities. If a person, if people all together, act according to the wisdom offered, things will probably turn out pretty well, at least better than if bad advice had been followed. So that's the gist of Proverbs. And now I want to borrow bits from the Bible Project's exposition of the book to help us understand the wisdom writer's influence on James. First, the Bible Project suggests that to understand that kind of writing, we can personify Proverbs, like the whole book, as a brilliant young teacher who offers her unique perspective on how to be good at life. Let's check out their setup. In his day. We're going to start by meeting the book of Proverbs, the brilliant young teacher. And she's not just smart, she's smart about everything, work, relationships, sex, spirituality. She has incredible insights, things you wouldn't see on your own. Yeah, she would be the perfect friend to have around when you need really specific advice. I think that's an excellent and appropriate view of Proverbs. Wisdom literature is personified in this video as teacher and as a female, not as an artistic device, but because that was the depiction of wisdom in Hebrew scripture. Listen to Proverbs 8, 1 through 8, and to wisdom's introduction of herself. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way, wisdom takes her place where the paths meet, beside the city gate, leading into the city. She cries out at the entrance. She says, people, I call out to you. I raise my voice to all human beings. You who are childish, get some good sense. You who are foolish, set your hearts on getting good sense. Listen, I have things to say that you can depend on. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true. My lips hate evil. All the words of my mouth are honest. None of them is, is twisted or sinful. Use your imagination. Wisdom's voice here is the voice of God's way, God's instruction, His core crying out to the universe. It's at the city gate, accessible to everyone and just waiting to be received and acted on for the good of all. That is the wisdom James knew and the wisdom that he was recommending to the church in his day and ours. So now let's look a little bit more at this teacher Proverbs and at the initial interaction between wisdom and humanity. She believes that there's an invisible creative force in the universe that can guide people in how they should live. And you can't see it, just like you can't see gravity, but it affects everything that we do. So what's this force? Well, in Hebrew, it's called chokhmah, and it usually gets translated into English as wisdom. Wisdom we just learned is translated as chokhmah. But chokmah is more than just wisdom as we may have thought about it in the past. The Bible Project goes on to describe chokmah as an attribute of God. We might think of it as the creative force of God, an ever-present, wholly available sensibility of God that existed before creation and which continues to form the creative world through the revelation of God in word, in Christ, and by His Spirit. 
That fits with what wisdom says about her own beginning. Listen to this from Proverbs 8 again. The Lord created me wisdom as the first of his works before his acts of long ago. I was formed a long, long time ago. I was formed at the beginning when the world was created. Before there were any oceans, I was born. It was before there were springs flowing with water. Before the mountains were settled in place, I was born. Before there were any hills, I was born. It happened before the Lord made the world and its fields. When the Lord marked out the foundations of the earth, I was there. I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day. I was always happy to be with him. His whole world filled me with joy. I took delight in all human beings. That self-declaration should give us no doubt about the presence and activity of God's wisdom from the beginning of creation, but also about wisdom's constant and caring presence even now. On earth, humanity always sits at the foot of wisdom. She's always within arm's reach. Her guidance is there for the asking and her words are the very heartbeat of God, which James knew and which he saw lived out in the person of Jesus. From experience then, James knew that it is the life of Jesus, the way of Christ lived out in front of his disciples that ultimately informs our decisions and our deeds. Jesus demonstrated the way of God's wisdom. His life is the very picture of how we can be good at life. We can be good at life. The imitation of Christ is an option to us. Choosing his way in every circumstance gives evidence of his wisdom in us. To borrow a thought, our wise imitation of Christ is like natural reason infused with supernatural light. In short, godly wisdom does not deny intelligence or knowledge or science or reason. Instead, it gives direction to the application of all of that and for the good of all. Now let's look back at the goal of wisdom described by James. Wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. The goal of godly wisdom is peacemaking, and we know that God's peace is righteous. It's the holy reconciliation between God and humanity and humans with each other. It's the same wisdom that guides us to love the Lord with our whole selves and to love our neighbors as ourselves. We can also say that peace born in wisdom seeks good. It contradicts evil and hatred and strife and chaos and selfish ambition and conceit and lies. The wisdom of God is utterly unlike worldly so-called wisdom, which by definition, is fueled by something other than God's Spirit and His power. Everything has a source, and only peace-seeking, justice-producing, mercy-granting, godly wisdom comes from God. So James says, know your source and choose well between the two. And to help us avoid the lesser of two wisdoms, listen to how wisdom describes the outcome of her presence in concert with our intelligence when we choose to listen and apply 
the teachings. I, wisdom, live together with understanding. I have knowledge and good sense. I have respect for the Lord. I'm oh, sorry, to have respect for the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and bragging. I hate evil ways and twisted words. I have good sense and give good advice. I have understanding and power. By me, kings rule. Leaders make laws that are fair. By me, princes and nobles govern. It is by me that anyone rules on earth. I love those who love me. Those who look, at, look for me find me. With me are riches and honor. With me are lasting wealth and success. My fruit is better than fine gold. My gifts are better than the finest silver. I walk in ways that are honest. I take paths that are right. I leave riches to those who love me. I give them more than they have room for. You see, when God-breathed wisdom is applied, rulers are just and good and humble. They oppose evil and champion honesty, and their decisions produce goodness for those who are served by them. In the same way, when we access and apply godly wisdom, we are just and good and humble. We oppose evil and we champion honesty and our decisions produce goodness for everyone we encounter or are responsible to. Chokmah, true wisdom, is a gift from God. It is pure and holy, peaceable and gentle. It's not extreme, it's not furious about its opinions or harsh or cruel. Chokmah would never shame our faith or end up as a meme. By contrast, James describes world-fueled wisdom as unspiritual and demonic, causing disorder and leading to every evil practice. But Chokmah is full of mercy and kindness and goodness. It's free from judgment. It's void of hypocrisy. It produces joy. There's good cause and effect to the moral law implicit in Chokmah. So why would we not access that? How do we access it? Let's look. And Chokmah has been woven into the fabric of things and how they work. So wherever people are making good or just or wise decisions, they're tapping into Chokmah. And whenever someone's making a bad decision, they're working against Chokmah. So Chokmah, God's wisdom, is right here. As the narrator said, Chokmah is woven into the fabric of the universe. I would argue that the wisdom of God is revealed in creation and in his written word. It's revealed in the person of Christ and it's afforded to every God-fearing person by virtue of the Holy Spirit who is given to everyone who worships Christ and wholeheartedly follows his ways. To demonstrate that, the evidence of a believer being in possession of chokmah can be described this way. Yes, in fact, chokmah in Hebrew isn't simply intellectual knowledge. The word is also used to describe a skilled artisan who excels at their craft, like woodworking or stonemasonry. So you show you possess chokmah when you put it to work and develop the skill of making a good life. You show you possess chokmah when you put it to work and develop the skill of making a good life. And that rather proverbial statement to me sounds like classic James. James was a faith practitioner who says that we should filter our options through wisdom to the end that we would choose God in all circumstances 
then combine our faith in God with godly deeds that glorify Him in all things animating our declarations of faith for the greater good. And to that, the Bible Project says, yeah, let's do this. Let's go find some wisdom. And wisdom herself says, yes. Choose my teaching instead of silver. Choose knowledge rather than fine gold. Wisdom is worth more than rubies. Nothing you want can compare with her. So that's the action step I'm recommending this week. Find true wisdom. And this, choose wisdom, which may be more difficult, but practice makes perfect, and apply wisdom. But for that to happen, effort and intention will be necessary. Study the way of Jesus. Read his word, receive his spirit, apply his reason to your situation, any situation. Knowingly seek goodness and mercy in every outcome and live into his good guidance, his chokmah always. And to that end, if I may suggest a reading challenge to help our efforts, there are 31 chapters in Proverbs and 30, 31 days in each upcoming month. So how about one a day? Read one chapter from Proverbs daily. One chapter, five minutes of your time to hear the voice of God and to let wisdom supernaturally illuminate your natural reason and set you on the path of peace. It's up to you, but remember this. Wisdom, chokmah, is an attribute or even creative force of God. Whenever people are making good or just or wise decisions, they're tapping into chokmah. Wisdom is available to anyone who will listen to her and learn from Christ, and you show you possess chokmah when you put it to work and develop the skill of making a good life. So, choose wisely. I hope that we all go find some wisdom, take possession of it, and put it to the work of getting good at life, making every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Amen and grace and peace. Rejoice in knowing that we never walk alone. Know the grace and peace of Christ walking beside us, guiding and protecting us. Share this comfort with one another and feel his presence each moment of each day. Amen.